Welcome to Artists of New England. This is a podcast created to inspire you on your journey of artistic expression. Whether you are a career artist, a teacher, an emerging artist, or hobbyist, you can learn and gain support from your peers. We will explore the symbiotic relationship between these groups, lending insight and empathy towards each other. We will discover the where, when, why, and how of the creative process of artists living and working in New England, with occasional bonus interviews with gallery owners, collectors of fine art, and art historians. Perhaps today's show will bring you the aha moment you've been waiting for. Welcome to Artists of New England with your host, Laura Casanari-King. Today I have with me Renee Giffroy from Ride. Welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be with you today. Yeah, I'm very delighted to have you. It's a great day, too. Yeah, it is. It's beautiful. I've discovered your work a couple, maybe a couple years ago. I thought New Hampshire Art Association. Yes. I thought it was very unique. So I'm I'm really happy to have you. So um, you're in Rye now? I Yes, we live in Rye. We uh, we moved here about four and a half years ago. We, My husband and I uh, have lived in a lot of places around the country, but mm. we knew we wanted a place where the quality of life was good, where yeah. the, you know, the people were really nice and friendly, and we love coastal towns. So um, Rye kind of, uh, yeah. actually the Portsmouth area is where we, we first started, and we, we ended up in Rye. Yeah. So did you do some exploration before? We did a lot of exploration. Yeah, we really did. And and um, ultimately, my husband's brother lived in Portsmouth at the time. He, okay. he now uh, lives in Rye as well. So we'd always come and visit him as we mm. would go on our exploration. Then yeah. finally, we said, wait a minute, why yeah. don't we just live here? <laughs> so, so we ended up doing that. Oh, that's great. So your photography... I think I read on your website you used to go with your dad when he would go shooting. Yeah, I started really young. Um, I was the oldest child, yeah. and my father was an amateur photographer. Yeah. So instead of taking me out to do other things, any sporting events, he would take me out when he'd go shooting. So mm-hmm. um, I would start to get his hand-me-down cameras. You know, oh. from I, I have pictures of me from a very young age holding a, a tiny little camera, oh. and uh, oh. you know, so I would just kind of mimic him and and go around and follow him around and then I finally you know started to understand what I was doing with the cameras and then I would get his hand-me-downs and um so I I did it you know not seriously but sort of as a hobby through through growing up and then um when I got to my teenage years my late teenage years uh, instead of my father giving me his cameras he said, well, if you're really interested, you're going to buy this for me. Oh, so uh, right. he wanted to test how how interested was mm-hmm. I really in photography and would I yeah. put some money out for one of his right. hand-me-down cameras. So right. uh, and, and I did. And then from from then on, I, I was a photographer. But but I, I certainly didn't do it for a living. I, I had another mm-hmm. career. It's just um, in the last, I would say, 10 years, I've been real serious. About okay. It. So, so during your other career, though, did you, you know, as a hobbyist kind of keep it up yeah I did there were times when it frankly took a backseat to yeah. my career I just didn't have yeah, the time, time to yeah. do both you know I I have good intentions to oh, go yeah. out and shoot <laughs> on weekends and then you know how it is you get all these errands that you have to run and oh, yeah. and then uh so you don't do it so um but I would spend a lot of my vacation time going to photography workshops oh, okay. so I I started to to do that especially you know, when at the point where I knew I'm going to leave this career and okay. really spend time on my photography, I started going to a lot of workshops. So that helped quite a bit. Nice. Yeah. So I'm unfamiliar, as maybe some of our other listeners are too. What do you do at a photography workshop? And how long do they last? And are they 
Yeah, that's a good question. Actually, I know some photographers that don't even go to photography workshops, and I would highly recommend it. Um, Typically, the ones that I've been to are a week long. And there's a couple schools in the country that feature, that focus specifically on photography. There's one out in Santa Fe, and there's one up in Maine. And they run workshops that are a week long. And basically, you're with a small group of people, usually about a dozen, sometimes less, uh, sometimes a few more. Uh, And you go out and shoot. You come back, you have instruction in the classroom, and then your work is critiqued. Okay. And then you go out and shoot the next day, and mm. your work is critiqued, and you have more and lesson. Is, and then is you, this digital? Yeah, well, now it is, okay. certainly. Yeah, when I first started doing it, yeah. uh, it Would've was film, right? Did you but, but they, No, I didn't, but, um, well, yes and no. Um, when I was in college and first starting in the working world, I did... Um, develop my own work in a dark room. Nice. But by the time I went to the workshops, there really wasn't time for that. So you basically dropped off the film in, okay. in the night and they would process it I overnight see. and then the next day you would see it. But now it's digital. Yeah, and <laughs> those were the days where you kind of just dropped off and took a chance. Wow. You didn't know what you had until... And they just put it up for critique. And yeah, you- <laughs> yeah, you know, here's your work. Okay, that wasn't what I meant. No. <laughs> wow, so, uh, that's, that's very different. So digital has some advantages, certainly. Yeah. The instant feedback being one of them and you can make that that's the good and the bad news I mean you can make corrections if you take a shot and you look at it and you know it's not good you can make corrections right out in the field and take another one so yeah wow that's cool very cool so tell us about so that was pretty much the training only training you've had yeah well I yes a lot of self-taught I also there's a lot of online classes that teach photography um creative live is as a company that runs quite a bit of classes and quite Mm -hmm. a few and so you can uh you can log on to them and take them remotely but there's no nothing no substitute for going out and actually shooting and have a, a workshop leader critique your work and then yeah. going out and correcting it and having it. I, I found that I learned much better that way right. um, when you, when you forced to get critiqued right away yeah. and then go out and correct and get critiques and yeah. that kind of thing. So it helps. That's nice. That's yeah. great. So who's your greatest influence? Oh, that is a really, really tough question. <laughs> um, Besides I, dad, we know dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. Well, that got me started. Um, and I have an artistic family too. Not uh, some some other people in my family are, are oh. photographers. Um, you know, I was really lucky um, to have a, a minor second job in the last about I guess ten years ago, uh, mm-hmm. where I worked part time for National Geographic Traveler magazine. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, I wasn't a photographer for them. That would have been a dream job. Yeah. But I worked running their um, their weekend photography seminars. So I was sort of the events coordinator. What was that? What happens at a um, it, it's a day long um, speaker or two okay. that get up National Geographic photographers, and ah. it's very inspirational. They they show their work and talk about. Um, how they did it and what they do and what it's like to have their so job. So you got to hear all that. So I got to hear all that, oh, right. So even though I wasn't, you nice. know, I wasn't able to go out and, and shoot with them, mm-hmm. I, I certainly heard that. So that was a great inspiration. Those photographers, um, especially in the days when, you know, National Geographic magazine was kind of like on everybody's, you know, coffee table yeah. and you'd, you'd look at all the images and you yeah. just sort of drool. And, and I was one of those people. So, so to actually meet those photographers and hear them right. talk, was really they were quite an inspiration to me wow that's really cool yeah definitely you can see that so for our our um photographers listening who understand this lingo tell us what you use for equipment (laughs) 
Okay. Um, I am a Nikon shooter. Um, so I have Nikon gear and that is really more a matter of that's what my father had. And yeah. so that's what he would hand me down. And, yeah. you know, once you start getting into the equipment and you buy the lenses, it's easier to stay with that vendor than to switch. So I, <clears throat> I have a couple different bodies as we call it. Okay. Cause the bodies are different than the lenses. Oh. So, um, when I shoot a uh, wildlife, I shoot with a, a D 500. And when I shoot uh, my other work, like the boatscapes, which I think we may talk about a little later, yeah. I shoot with a D 750. So, and then different lenses, a variety of different lenses, depending mm. on what I'm doing. Wow. How heavy is this stuff to carry? Uh, too heavy. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. yeah. There's, you know, for the photographers out there, you know, that, um, the movement, is, is toward mirrorless uh, cameras, which are much lighter okay. and uh, easier to, to lug around. Um, huh. But for a lot of the work I do, um, especially the nature work, the outdoor, if I'm shooting birds, for example, in motion, I have to have very fast shutter speeds. And so the, the mirrorless is not quite there yet, um, mm. but I imagine it will be. And that way it'll give my back a break <laughs> because <laughs> it gets quite heavy to lug around this yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. So can we talk about some of your series? Because mm -hmm. I think some of them are so fascinating. Um, you have a one just about people. I do, yes. And, I, and when I first glanced through, before, I wasn't reading the tags on your website. And I was like, oh, wow, she must travel all over the world. So some, <laughs> some, and then I realized I started looking at the tags and they were, I believe they were all, the ones at least on your website were. Yeah. In the U.S. So. Yeah, mostly. I, I actually did have an opportunity in my, my prior career to travel around the world, but I was mm. so busy with work, I didn't yeah. get a chance to photograph. Right. So, right. Um, but yeah, I, um, you know, you mentioned my people. I, as a photographer, for me, what I find helps me grow is to focus on what I call a body of work. So mm -hmm. I kind of assign myself a little project okay. and focus on photographing that. So yeah. whether it be people, which I've done quite a lot of, yeah. um, or photojournalism, there's um, something on my website where I living in New Hampshire and seeing all the candidates come through oh, yeah, at election is, time, that's amazing. you know, I, I sort I of said that. to myself, let me go out and, and do photojournalism and, yeah. and sort of just get out there and do it. And I had no idea what I was doing, but you know, I did that. And then, um, and I have one boatscapes, which, uh, which is one of my current uh, bodies of work. And, and so basically I just find that when I go out and focus on that, it gives me an area to focus instead of wandering aimlessly to take pictures. I see. And then I try to build on that. I look at it and say, what don't I have in this body of work? What do I need to, you know, push the envelope a little more? And, yeah. and in the process, I learn. You yeah. know, I learn a lot. Yeah. So <clears throat> the Boatscapes, I believe, is the first series that I had seen mm -hmm. of your work. And um, they're so unique. I had no <laughs> idea what I was looking at. <laughs> right, right. Until I started reading, you know, the little cards. But yeah. um, even the way you name them, I <laughs> mean, it's so creative your mind must see these incredible landscapes yeah. and seascapes and pictures and yeah so, so for your listeners let me just tell this? them what a, what a boatscape is <laughs> i named it boatscapes yeah. but what i do basically is um photograph the sides of boats and um that sounds kind of mundane but i spend a lot of time in boat yards when the boats are in dry dock yeah and uh, marinas and places like that, repair shops even. And I, I walk around and I look at the holes of the boats and um, I look where where there's um, a pattern in the hull that evokes a sense of a landscape to yeah. me. And then I photograph that section of the hull right. and that becomes my, my image. And um, 
you know, I, I've actually find them very easy to name because when I see these patterns, mm. I know immediately what it reminds me of, okay. you know, whether it reminds me of birch trees or whether it reminds me of a mountainscape or, yeah. or something. And, and I just find the more I look, the more interesting patterns I see yeah. in these boatscapes. Now, I can't say that I haven't gotten a lot of very strange looks. I was I'm, just going to yeah, ask. Yeah, I mean, like, I'll go <laughs> around and, and people, yeah, people are like, uh, what she's is she doing? Taking she's taking a picture. And usually, and, and of course, it's always holes. Sam that are, the inspector here. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. And it's always holes that are not in great shape. Like, yeah, I mean, I have no interest yeah, in right, a cleanly in a clean painted one. boat. That does not interest me. So it's all these grungy looking yeah. boats with scratches on them and oh. that interest me. And, and of course, I, I use a tripod often when I do okay. it. So I'll be walking around this marina and I'll set up a tripod and, and it's like, um, and, and of course now with all the sensitivity about people walking around with cameras and, oh, yeah. and terrorism, yeah. you know, some people approach me and like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know? So I try, if I see somebody in the boat yard, I'll usually go up and tell them, Hey, right. this is what I'm working on. Yeah. And it, usually they have, they don't quite understand it, but they sort of back yeah. away and say, sure, no problem. <laughs> have you but, ever had a boat owner catch it? <laughs> uh, I did. As a matter of fact, I, um, I, uh, there was a, a little place on the corner of, uh, it's actually in Ryan, Sagamore uh, area, mm -hmm. and uh, there was a great looking boat. It was a wooden boat that was <laughs> a great looking old, beat uh, up. a great looking old beat up wooden boat. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to photograph it so bad. So, you know, I, I was out there looking at it and, and the guy came out from his shop and because there was a shop there and. You know, I said, I introduced myself and I said, I'm really working on, on boatscapes and I photographed the sides of boats. And he says, oh, he says, come back in a couple of weeks. This is going to be all sanded and repainted and you can, you can get some great shots of this boat. And I'm there. No, no. You know, so now you, I want the. Yeah, you caught it just before. Just be, well, that's the trick. Before that's, he ruined it. Before he ruined it, right? But in his, you know, he looked at me like, "You want it now? Yeah. Don't you want to photograph did my you, nice, pretty boat? Do you ever <laughs> like, like pull out your phone and show them your website? Or yeah, something? I had to. And as a matter of fact, after I took a picture of his boat in its kind of sanded down, uh, distressed, um, you know condition i brought it back to him and i said this is the picture i took of your oh, boat so nice. he you know he could he could understand what, yeah. what i was doing then and yeah. you know so um but but anyway it's fun and i get i meet some fun people and i get a lot of fun you know crazy looks but that's okay you know i'm on a mission <laughs> it's part of the you know what can you do so tell us about your presidential photos those are very intriguing i mean you're getting some amazing shots you're using the zoom it's like you're right up next to yeah them. no well that was a great project that i undertook i had never done any work in photojournalism yeah. at all yeah. in fact i hadn't even done that many people really yeah. um and i i ran into a friend a fellow photographer on the seacoast roger gown who some of your listeners may or may not know and mm -hmm. you know i was talking to him about what what project are you working on and he said oh i'm photographing the, the candidates as they come through this was two years ago the, the presidential um you know election mm -hmm. and of course there were so many candidates yeah. in that uh race yeah. that every time you turn around there yeah. was people in fact there were multiple people in the state at, at on any one given right. day so uh, I thought, well, that would be a great opportunity for me to push my skills mm. and find out what it's like to be a photojournalist. So I knew nothing. You know, I didn't. I, I probably I, I couldn't believe that looking at your photos. I, yeah, really I, I mean, I didn't bother to go get press, you know, passes or anything. I just thought I'm going to go in like a regular citizen okay, yeah. and I'm going to photograph. Yeah. And uh, so I started I, I sort of put together what is my shot list? What are the kind of pictures that I want? In other mm. words, I want somebody 
I want one of the candidates uh, interacting with the public. Yeah. I want him or her entering the place. I want yeah. him or her, you know, leaving. I want, you yeah. know, so, so I had this shot list of things that I really wanted to get at each location. Okay. And I wanted to have a sense of place. Like, where are they? Right. You know, I just didn't want a close up of them. I wanted, you know, yeah. wh wh what is the environment that they're, they're greeting, uh, you know, the voters in uh, and, and potential, you know, electors of, yeah. of them in. And, um, so I found it was it was really exciting. I, I after I started to go to a lot of the campaign events, mm -hmm. I started to get recognized and known by some of the real photographers. Wow. So they <laughs> they no longer they kind of like accepted me yeah. in the in yeah. the group. I mean, you know, and they would uh, they would talk to me. And so once oh, you're at that huge. point, you don't tend to get kicked out because yeah. you look like you're you part like of them, of even them. though you're not. So, <laughs> so it was, it was great. And, um, you know, there were, so I did get right up and, and the biggest thing is getting over your fear yeah. of getting in the face of some, because all these other photographers are getting in the face of the candidates. Right. And if you don't get in their face, yeah. you're not going to get a shot. Okay. So, so I had really to learn was, how to really. My question: Were you really in their face, or were you using zoom? So no, no, no. I was. I, wow. I only I used like one lens, a, a, a twenty-four to one twenty lens is what I used so most of the time. So you just have to That's look like you know exactly you have, what you you're have doing. You have to look like you know what you're doing. And in fact, I in the beginning I would just kind of look at what they were doing and I would try <laughs> to mimic it. You know, I was. I remember being at a Good Trump event early on, and and I. You know, there was a lot of excitement because, you know, he was Trump. Who, who knew at that time he would end up being president? But um, but they would all they kind of stood around looking bored. They had their cell phones out and they okay. were looking down all the photographers. So I thought, well, and I'm sure they were talking to their editors or whoever they were talking to. So I thought, well, if I want to look like I'm part of this, I'm going to take out my cell phone. And I just look pretended bored. like I was doing something to it. look like them. And, you know, when the security came along, they just looked at me like, yeah, OK, she's one of them, you know. <laughs> So it was it was really quite fun, but but in all seriousness, I learned an awful lot mm -hmm. uh, about photography and how to photograph and how you need to be assertive sometime and to yeah. kind of get over yourself, yeah. you know, get over just just go in there and do it. Yeah. You want the shot or don't you go get wow. it? You yeah. Here's your one chance. <laughs> so here's your chance. Go get wow, it. That's so. very cool. It was fun. Yeah. So how do you decide on a series? Um, good question. Or subject matter in general. Well, you know. I'm interested in so many different things. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people say, what do you like to photograph? I'm their yes, anything, <laughs> you know. Um, I, I, um, I'm usually inspired by something or someone that I see uh, and what they're doing. Like, for example, I, I mentioned this fellow photographer that was going to do this series on the, on the candidates, and that inspired me. I just came from a workshop up in, uh, in Maine, in Acadia. Um, I spent uh, a few days up there, and I saw some of the work of some of the other photographers and that inspired me. I have some ideas about some new projects, which I don't want to spill the beans yeah, on yet. Okay. I'm still, I'm working. They're just, the seed is germinating of yeah. where I want to go next. But, yeah. um, you know, I'll get an idea and then I'll usually start working on it over the course of a year or two yeah. until I start to develop a real body of work in okay. that area. And then I, I, then you let it out. The then point. I let it out. I introduce so, it. So in we a just have to watch the website. Something. Yeah. Watch the website. Yeah. That'll be the first. Clue. Although sometimes I'm not so good at posting on oh. my own website. You know, I'm like any other artist, I guess, yeah. you know, the technical side is yeah. kind of a necessity, but right. you'd rather be out doing your craft, whatever it is, whether it's painting right. or sculpting or photographing mm -hmm. or whatever. So can I ask a question about sure. the workshops? Sure. When you do the, um, 
critiques. Mm -hmm. Are the students involved in that or is it just the teacher? Yeah, it starts out being where the teacher critiques, but it's very much an open uh, forum. So students will say, well, you know, what about this? Or why don't you try this? Or, you know, I could have seen this. So, um, you know, depending on how experienced the people are in the class with you. And typically they're, you know, if you pick the right workshops, you're going to get people about the same level as you are. Um, and you learn a lot that way too. You do, you know, you do. And, and, I, and I think I'm just comparing to, you know, the painting workshops that I've been to. Are they similar? Yeah. No, I don't. Not the ones that I've participated in. There's not a lot of student critique, of ah. course, the teacher, but, okay. but, um, I've done a few drawing classes at the local community college and there's a lot of student critique, which I really like that yeah. interaction because you do often learn sometimes more from them. You you do. And you get ideas. I mean, I find I'm very involved now with the New Hampshire Art Association. In fact, I'm president of the board. And yeah, I'd like to hit on that after too. Okay. Um, But, but the benefit of that to me, you know, is that I come across all kinds of artists, all kinds of media, and I get inspiration, not just from photographers, but from seeing other art. Okay. Because there are certain elements of art that transcend no matter what media you're working on, yeah. medium you're working on, whether it you know, be all kinds of painting, you know, all kinds of three-dimensional or fabric or photography or whatever, uh, glass blowing yeah. or, you know, anything. And, um, you know, there's certain elements that, that ring true, you know, composition, color, form, you know, what is appealing to the eye. And yeah. I know art is very subjective, but there are certain a lot of things you can learn from what other artists are doing. So I get a lot of inspiration from that. Right, right. Do you find it's hard to um, focus um, because there's so much to choose from? Mm-hmm. Do you find it difficult to just say, okay, this is going to be the series? Yeah. Is, so that's what I was thinking because you're saying this is germinating. Yes. And is it part of the process is just narrowing it down and, and making the commitment to the yes. one thing? That is an excellent question and you're right on. Yes. <laughs> because I know from you. Yeah, I see something and I'm there, oh, I want to go that direction too. And and it's and in the beginning, I, I do start to do that until I start to narrow it down okay. to what am I really interested? Yeah, what do sure. I really want yeah. to go after yeah. and, and focus on? But, you know, who knows? Maybe something that I see when I'm on one project is going to be the seed for the next one that I work mm. on. So I try not to ignore, mm-hmm. you know, everything else that's going on around sure. me. If I see something interesting, I there's yeah. a reason why I saw it and thought it was interesting. So right. I, I will try to at least photograph or get the beginning of it and, and mm-hmm. then kind of go from there. But yeah, no, that's, it's tough. And I think a lot of photographers, um, I don't know about other artists, but they do the same thing. They'll just go out shooting and they'll just shoot whatever they see. And, they, yeah. and that's great. There yeah. is nothing wrong with that. Um, and I do that sometimes, but I find that when I really focus myself, it, yeah. it helps me. And is there maybe a certain amount of time that you kind of commit to for that one thing or, um, you know, I don't know. I think you kind of, you kind of know, you know, what it, you know, yeah. what it, you know, when it comes to its end, yeah. and you know, where you, when you still have more to say, you know, I think yeah. it's like any other art form or, you know, literature or mm-hmm. making a series of movies or a TV series, you kind of feel when it's time to right. move on to something else. Right. So I'm, I'm still, still active on a lot of mine. So, mm-hmm. 
don't Good. know don't know where it'll all go yeah so talk about framing for photography because it's uh, a little different <laughs> it is different um i think people don't realize how expensive it yeah. actually is yeah, for photographers to frame work um, that's why they like to sell a lot of prints <laughs> yeah well, that, that's really true it's, frame it yourself <laughs> uh, it's very because you know the, the cost of the glass and the cost of the frame itself and then a lot of what sets some good fine art photography aside, away from, you know, just people that take pictures and frame them is the quality, the matting that they use. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, cause there's acid free mats and then there's different thicknesses of mats that right. you use and all that makes a difference in the ultimate appearance. So then, is it like watercolor? You have to be a certain space away from that glass. Yeah, well, that, that gets into the thickness of the mat. Yes, so yeah. there's things like, four ply mat, six ply mat, eight ply mat. Wow. And, and the, of course, the more ply you have, the more expensive that mat okay. is. Yeah. And uh, I do not cut my own mats. Okay. Uh, I know there are some photographers that do, but I'm not a masochist. So um, <laughs> I get somebody else to do that. Um, and in fact, I'm not doing my own printing, although I, I would like to at some point get into to doing my own printing. Mm. But um but I do frame when I use uh, metal frames, I'm able to frame them myself. If I get the components, I can frame it. If um, I'm putting together a big exhibit and I want custom frame pieces, then I take it to a frame shop. And okay. it's, ve it's very expensive. Mm -hmm. So it, it kind of hurts me as a photographer sometimes when I hear people say, well, you should charge less for that because it's a photograph. And, it's, you know, and I, I say, <laughs> let's talk about what the equipment costs for me to do this. Yeah. Let's talk about yeah. the the materials to frame it but let's talk about the time too because i think there's a misconception with cell phones being as good as they are right. and people taking out that oh you just take a picture and there it is it's done mm -hmm. and really that's just the beginning yeah. of you know sitting at the computer and, and yeah. making the kind of um, enhancements that you would in the old days in a dark room okay. except you're doing it at a computer so sure. it's typically hours and hours of time wow. at, on a computer so but anyway yeah it's a little bit and what about expensive. the actual um is it called paper that it's printed on? Yeah, that's it. That and, is. And it. how would someone who doesn't like me understand any of it? How would I know if that's good paper? And it's yeah. Gonna, well, gonna most of the time, if, you, if right, if you're going to, uh, there's archival. There's something called archival paper. Yeah. And if you're serious about showing in galleries, you should be printing on okay. that. You okay. shouldn't just go to any of the local, you know, box stores and other, mm. you know, big stores that have you know, two minute printing and yeah. you can go in and yeah. that's great if you're just giving a picture to your family yeah. to stick on a, you know, five yeah. by seven or something like that. Fridge. But, but right <laughs> on the fridge, but, um, and I would recommend to any photographers that, um, they really choose their paper based on what their series of work is. Oh. So some of mine, uh, my series look better on certain types of paper and others oh, look better on others. Wow. There's everything from some, there's fine art paper that looks like rag paper it gives a very you know high-end textured look okay there's um matte paper there's different brightnesses of the matte paper i happen to use when i do my boatscapes a very bright white paper okay. um there's there's kind of a, a more toned down a soft white paper that can be used um there's metallic paper wow. which works well when you're doing things like uh oh i don't know uh waterscapes or things like that really pop when you mm -hmm. put them on metallic and wow. so it depends on what you all ultimately want to end up with what kind of paper. Um, I had some really good advice. I went for a portfolio review with um, with uh, one of the folks from the New Hampshire Institute of Art, and um, he spent some time with me taking one image and running it on a, a number of different types of paper. Oh, cool. So I could see what the difference was, yeah. and I selected then the one that 
would suit that body of work best. Oh. And, you know, I think if you're really serious about selling in galleries, then yeah. you should take the time to do that. It yeah. makes a huge difference, wow. huge difference. That is so interesting. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing all this, oh, this secret. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, you know, we painters need to have more appreciation for <laughs> no, I think we do. I think just what you said, you know, some people will say, why are you charging so much? Well, yeah. thank you. Now we know. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure there's much more that you didn't even cover that goes into it. Um, so if you would, you are the president of the New Hampshire Art Association. Yes. yes. And um, I must say, I went in, um, actually, I just got juried in last spring. Ah, and I hadn't been in in a while. Yeah. And wow, it just looks so great. <laughs> Thank so you. So many changes. Thank so, you. Tell us what's happening. Here. Well, that was one of the things, um, you know, when I came here, when I moved here several years ago, I really thought the best way for me to get involved in the community was to join art associations. Okay. And at that point, I, I was jurid into the art association and um, I started volunteering for things that mm -hmm. the board was doing, special projects. And then, you know, one thing led to another and I, I you know, got on the board and, and now I'm the president. But I thought that I could bring a lot to bear from my prior experience. I spent my career in, in sales and marketing. Okay. I happened to work for IBM, but mm -hmm. um, I, I knew a lot about that. And yeah. I felt that the New Hampshire Art Association was so, um, what's the word I'm looking for? So... Uh, undervalued and so mm. much room for improvement to take it to the next level. And I thought yeah. I could bring my skills to that. So one of the things which you've touched on is changing the physical right. appearance of the gallery oh, and making so it more beautiful. professional. So professional. Looking. So, yeah, I mean, it's like we, night and day. I mean, it's like, well, I literally walked in and went, wow. Yeah. Uh, and believe it or not, we had just changing the color. We yes. wanted to put a color that really enhanced um, the, the artwork. So we use that pale sort of grayish, as I call it, gray yeah. beige color. Um, but we had some pushback from some of our long-term members that really yeah. wanted to stay white. Okay. And we, we thought, no, let's, let's try this, you know? Mm. And so we did. And then um, it's, it, we've gotten nothing but compliments. Yeah. And then we also installed a professional hanging system, yeah. which has helped. We're in an old building uh, in downtown Portsmouth. And we were, every month we change exhibits. Yeah. So we were putting nails in the walls yeah. and filling holes. Yeah. And, you know, it was like, oh my God, pretty soon the wall is going to be like Swiss cheese. We're going to, we're going to have to solve it's this. It's going to fall down. Yeah. So we, we installed a professional hanging system. We, we rearranged some of the gallery space in there to make mm -hmm. it more welcoming. And, um, you know, it's, it's paid off, I think. Yeah. You know? So it's really it's, looking great. Yeah. And we've got a lot more to do, but we, yeah. we installed a, um, an, uh, point of sale system so that we can track which days we sell most and, oh, and so we did nice. that and we um we put a new website up our yeah, website yeah. prior to that Very was nice. um not really well um kept up and mm -hmm. so we just we put one in that's a lot easier to navigate a lot more friendly for consumers to go to and yeah you know so we've, we've got a lot more to do yeah. <laughs> so so tell um tell people that might be interested in becoming a member mm -hmm. what how they should do that and sure they should just go to the website obviously for information sure. but yeah well the basic uh, demystify the process yeah the, the process is that um that you bring it we, we have jury, new member jurying about twice a year okay. um we may actually add a third because we are new hampshire art association not just seacoast art association so right. we may put one out in the concord area you know oh. an opportunity out there to okay. do that because we do have actual exhibits in in other parts of the state not yeah. just here in portsmouth um, but um, on the jury days, they bring in four pieces of work mm -hmm. that are uh, sort of represent their body of work. What okay. is their vision? So okay. they really should look like they belong to a body of work. Okay, yeah. And then we have, uh, they drop them off in the morning. 
we have four jurors that we identify that come in and they represent, we try to get them to represent all the disciplines. So we'll okay. have a photographer, yeah. we'll have a painter, we'll have maybe a 3D person in there. Well, yeah. maybe we may have a printmaker, we may have, oh, you know. Nice. So we have we, we have a lot of, and we switch jurors. So it's not the same jurors every time. So if you get rejected one yeah, time, you come know, back. come back. <laughs> uh, so, and then the four jurors go around, they, they judge the work individually on a number of different criteria, use of the medium, maturity of the concept, Concept, mm -hmm. you know composition mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff okay. and then uh, so they judge it individually and then they go around as a group and discuss each set of four pictures nice. and they do it anonymously so we don't know who the artist is when they drop okay. off the work if right. they have their name on it we cover it up with a sticky of yeah. some sort so they yeah. can't see it and then uh, and then they either all say yay or all say nay and wow. and one thing we do which I'm very proud of is we um, in the letters, if you do not get accepted, mm -hmm. we give the reasons to the applicants of why they oh, didn't get and, and suggestions of what they can work on sure. for next time. And I know mm -hmm. I've personally not been jurored into different things and you usually yeah. don't get an explanation. Yeah. You just get, it's true. you're not picked. Sorry. Right. Yeah. You know, so try again, um, but we don't know. Try again. Yeah, but we don't know. <laughs> but, take a guess. <laughs> but we really feel like it's, it's our obligation to help artists nice. grow. And that's one way that we do it. Have they always done that? Or has no. that kind of been No, new? that was new too. Yeah. We've, yeah, I myself and some some of the current board members who are really interested yeah. in moving the, the association forward have, right. have you know changed a lot of things right. and that being one of them. Okay, so when someone becomes a member now, mm -hmm. what are their benefits? Uh, they get a lot of benefits actually. Um, Aside from the prestige, which is the oldest. <laughs> well, the is it's, the oldest? it is the oldest art association in New Hampshire. It's one of the oldest yeah. in the country. Yeah. Um, and we are all regional artists, so that means primarily New Hampshire, but some in Southern Maine and Northern uh, Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. um, they get the ability to exhibit work um, year round. We have a small works gallery that, that um, switches over every two months and they mm -hmm. can put small works in there or what I call bin pieces, which are unframed yeah. pieces. Um, they get discounted um, entry fees for all of our juror shows because we have about four three or four juror shows a year that are okay. open to non-members they get discounted membership okay. on, on that discounted uh, entry fees on that they get um the ability to have their website a link to their website on our on our website on the new hampshire oh. art association website so oh, if people are know. looking for okay. them they can you know <laughs> click on their name and be taken to their okay, website great. Um, we do a lot of PR, mm -hmm. um, so we, um, when they have the ability to actually rent gallery space throughout the year from us, uh, rent wall space, mm -hmm. and okay. when they do, we do a lot of PR for them, and yeah. th again, oh, that's, nice. on a, that's on a monthly basis. We, we actually provide more opportunities for artists to exhibit than any other of yeah. the galleries in the area. Um, nice. By far, it's wow. there's no there's so many opportunities for them to rent wall space throughout the year from Wonderful. us. It's it's yeah, it's really good. So Great. they get quite a bit. And you guys do the first Friday. You're open we are part of the first Friday. Yes. So the first Friday of the month, we have uh, receptions, open receptions, and we welcome the public to come. Okay. Well, let's get back to your work. Where can we find yours? <laughs> okay. Well, on my, my website, of course, is okay. the first place to and do it, which is uh, ReneeGiffroy.com. Could you spell that? <laughs> I will spell that because it's difficult. Uh, R-E-N-E-E-G-I-F. 
sfroy.com. So that's the first place. I am typically showing um, in the New Hampshire Art Association. Mm -hmm. However, I also show in a number of other places. I currently have work up at the Blue Moon uh, Restaurant in Exeter. I sometimes show at the the Seacoast Art Association in Exeter. I also show, I have work at the... um, I think I do right now. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. At the Newburyport Art Association, uh, which I'm a member of. Uh, So a variety of different places. And then I'm going to have a a show next October, a large show uh, in Portsmouth again. So, yeah, a lot lot of different places. Wonderful. Yeah. Okay. So in closing, tell us what is success for you as a photographer? As an artist, um, I... That, that is a really a good question, and I think a lot of people don't, you know, think about it. They think um, success equals how much do you sell, mm-hmm. and th- that's certainly, I don't want to minimize that. It's certainly a great feeling of accomplishment when you when you sell something, and yeah. someone likes your work enough to right. purchase it and put it in their home. I mean, there's kind of no better compliment than that, but I get a sense of accomplishment and excitement in the work itself. You know, mm-hmm. I get I have fun doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, fortunately, I'm not in a position where I have to pay my bills with what I make for my photography. Yeah. I do make an income, but I right. certainly couldn't pay my my mortgage payment with it. <laughs> um, so I, I realized that that puts me in a in a more comfortable situation to, mm-hmm. to say, well, I don't necessarily just depend on the money. But yeah. but um, I think getting it. You know, feeling good about a body of work that I've put together mm-hmm. and knowing that I've done the best I can do with it. And then getting kudos from, you know, hearing the appreciation of other artists, okay. even yeah. artists that aren't photographers, yeah. you know, other artists that say, geez, I really like your work. You know, mm-hmm. that that makes, you know, means the world to me. Yeah. So. Well, thank you so much. Thank for being you. On. And uh, we'll have a little more information about you and a link to your website in case people can't get there on your own on the Artists of New England website. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. If you found inspiration from today's show, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and share it with a friend or two on social media. Also, take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes or share your takeaways from today's show on artistsofnewengland.com under today's episode. And while you're there, you'll find links to the topics mentioned in today's show And don't forget to peruse the growing library of podcasts and resources. Thanks for listening. you got beauty to share with the world that no other human has. So get in the ring and pick up that brush.